Hey everyone! You ever wonder what's up with the latest diet craze? Curious about how food and exercise work together? Then this is where you need to be! Really Truly Fit is dishing out the latest scoop on today's hottest fitness and nutrition topics. Leading this effort is Jim White, world-renowned ACSM exercise physiologist, registered dietitian, and owner of Jim White Fitness and Nutrition Studios. Jim and his guests are going to cover everything from weight loss and debunking diet myths to fitness trends and finding balance. And then you'll be on your way to getting really, truly fit. And now, here's Jim. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Really Truly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Jim White, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about everything fitness and athletes and exercise enthusiasts. We're going to be discussing fueling your bodies, fueling your workouts, whether you're a runner, swimmer, lifter, biker, this show is for you. And to help me navigate through this topic, we have sports dietitian Heather Mangieri on the show. So Heather is an award-winning expert on food and nutrition. She's a board certified in sports dietetics and received her master's degree in wellness and human performance from the University of Pittsburgh. Heather works one-on-one with clients at her nutrition practice, Nutrition Checkup, and she is the national media spokesman for the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics and has authored the book, Fueling Young Athletes. Heather, welcome to the show. Hi, Jim. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, you know, let me, how did you get into sports nutrition? I talked to a lot of dietitians, and they might have been athletes in, in college, or they just might have a passion for sports and collegiate. So, where, how did you get involved? Oh, gosh. Well, actually, I, my, my college days, I was just kind of one of, the, one of the students that worked out at Gold's Gym, and I ran a lot. Um, but my interest in sports nutrition has always been there. Um, but it, I think it was when I started my private practice. And I just started, I got my master's in, in sports nutrition uh, focus. And then when I started my practice, I just started really targeting younger athletes. And I got involved with the running groups. And so it just kind of grew from there. And I really started just specializing in um, adolescent development and sports nutrition. And then kind of that, that exercise enthusiast. So tell me what you do on a weekly basis when it comes to exercise. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I've been all over the place. So I have uh, myself personally, you mean, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I'm a, I would call myself a runner. Um, yeah. Right now, I, I was CrossFit. I did CrossFit for a long time. Before that, I did boxing. Um, I also was really into, you know, just the lifting piece at, at the regular gym. Um, right now, I would say my focus is more just, you know, keeping my body in shape with a regular exercise regimen and running. Yeah. So, you know, this is, if you're listening to the show and you may be like, well, I'm not an athlete. I was an athlete maybe in high school and college. You know, I think when we think of athlete, we think of sports, we think of, you know, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, and, and maybe you did that in high school or college. But, you know, if you're exercising, if you're running races, if you're biking and, and weightlifting, I mean, we are all athletes in some sense. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really important. I try to get even my clients that don't exercise regularly, I try to get them to, um, you know, have that mindset where, you know, if you start running or training for a 5K, you are now an athlete and you are a runner and you have to start thinking that way. And that whole that whole mental piece of it helps you to feel better and eat better and think about that nutrition piece a lot more. Yeah, you know, that's so true. I can't tell you how many of my athletes, how many of my fitness enthusiast clients are under eating because they might be afraid of carbohydrates or they're just not getting enough fuel and, it, and, and they're doing so, they're working so hard in the gym and they're, they're, you know, they're making gains but they're, 
you know, not fueling enough, which is affecting their performance. I mean, do you see that a lot in a lot of your patients and clients? I do. I think because there's just so much nutrition misinformation out there that it's just, you know, it can be very overwhelming for someone that doesn't have a background in the field. So, I, you know, I have, I have clients that come into my office with bags of, you know, supplements and these different diets that they've tried and they can't, they just can't seem to, you know, reach their goal, whatever that will be. So let's help with some of that misinformation. Uh, a lot of people ask me, how many calories should I be taking? And I know that's a loaded question. And this is why I recommend coming to see a registered dietitian and going to see a trainer because they can design a specific plan for you. But let's talk about calories. Let's talk about you know why calories are important for the for the athlete. And let's talk about goals with that. Yeah. So you know, calories, like you said, it's, it's it's such a loaded question because it's all over the place. The the most important thing that I remind all athletes is that we all have a very similar foundation that we need, and that foundation is meant to provide all the vitamins and minerals and some phytonutrients that we need to prevent nutrient deficiencies. So that you know, if you're eating a, a diet, um, a healthy diet around 1,600 calories. You, and you're eating a really good, I mean, very focused on, on, you know, fruits and vegetables and whole grains and getting everything you need, you can meet your needs. And then what you consume kind of above and beyond that is really dependent on the individual themselves. So, you know, a female runner tends to be on um, the, the lower end of the calorie spectrum spectrum if if she's beginning her running it's somebody that's training for a marathon or that is really really um has a high level of training is going to be on that higher end so the the number one thing to remember is your calorie intake depends on your goal and your level of training yeah and i know a lot of people are trying to gain weight i mean we have some young kids that are you know eating four to six thousand calories for their different sport and you know i think you know, being afraid to eat is what can really affect uh, not only, you know, increase decreasing muscle, but, you know, decreasing fuel, which affects performance. So I think it's very important to find the calories that works for you, that gives you the most energy, to allows you to have the, the, the maximum amount of protein to build muscle. And of course, we do need fat. So that's the next kind of thing I want to talk about. Everyone's talking about macronutrients. And you know, that's the hot topic. So we have our calories, and then of course our calories are broken down into three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. So yep. let's talk about carbohydrates first. You know, everyone's, <laughs> I don't wanna say everyone, but a lot of people are scared of carbohydrates these days, especially athletes. So let's talk about what the importance of it is and how much um, maybe the average person should take in or any uh, just general rules. Yeah, so when I design a sports nutrition plan, I use the athlete's body weight as a way to calculate needs. And that's because, um, you know, that's kind of our starting point. Carbohydrates are our energy source. So I think that's number one, is really emphasizing that. You're an athlete, you need carbohydrates. If you're a couch potato, you need less carbohydrates. So we're dealing with a population of people that are active, and so you know, carbohydrates are the are still that majority of the um, nutrient that you need. The range is again all over the place because the athletes that are on that lower end of intensity of training, and by intensity I mean, you know, like for example, um, uh, carbohydrates are going to fuel like a long distance run. So a lot of times in in 
um, endurance athletes, we see a higher carbohydrate need than, than maybe in athletes that are training in bodybuilding, for example. But still, carbohydrates fuel the training, so it's really, really important. And you know, as a general guide, usually I'm calculating like on the low end, three to five grams per kilogram of the athlete's body weight um, for a low intensity sport. And that goes all the way up to, I mean, eight, 10 grams per kilogram for athletes that are participating in four to five hours of training a day, like a hockey player that's trying to gain weight. So it's really varies, but the most important thing is that's your energy source. So it's important to make sure that it's um, a, a major part of the diet. Yeah, and I try to tell a lot of our athletes that, um, you know, the minimum requirement is what we recommend is 125 grams a day, and that is obviously low. You know, you start going under that and you're getting into a low-carbohydrate diet, um, and of, of course, I don't know if any of you have been an athlete or have been a runner and tried some of these low-carbohydrate diets. I mean, you hit a wall. I, I've done it many times, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's there's nothing like the feeling of feeling weak, and, uh, yeah. you know, your legs just not... Not, you know, not going when you're running or when you're lifting, you just, you're tired and you don't want to do it. So that's kind of, you know, counter uh, productive when it comes to exercise. So, you know, I really feel that exercise, you know, it's, it's definitely equivalent to carbohydrate, increased carbohydrate intake. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely yeah. uh, really important. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, most of the time when I'm designing um, training plans and, and I'm focused on fitness or athletes, I mean, my, I, I don't know that a carbohydrate content under 150 for me would be on the very low side, and that would be somebody that, um, you know, maybe their intensity was much lower, even though their the duration of the activity might be higher, their intensity is lower. So the other important thing to remember is the greater the intensity, the more carbohydrate that you need. Yeah, because that's the main fuel source. I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're out there, if you're a walker and maybe just do a couple of days of weight training a week, you could be a little bit lower than as opposed exactly. to that marathon runner. That's awesome. So, uh, obviously, the other hot topic is protein. You know, everyone you know, talks about now. If you see in the magazine, more protein is better, and you know, get that you know sixty grams per per meal, and you're gonna get yes. more muscle mass. I'm sure you hear this all day long, being a spokesman yes. for the academy. <laughs> So, you know, how much protein do we need and, you know, what is too much? Yeah, well, you know, protein is necessary and it's, it, you know, it, we need it to support all metabolic adaptation, repairing or modeling of muscle tissue, and even endurance athletes even use some for energy. Um, I find, again, this is calculated per gram of, of, um, of body weight. So most athletes that I work with will fall somewhere between 1.2 and 2 grams per kilogram of body weight. Yeah. And again, that's there's a, there's a variety of reasons why you would consume protein. One of them obviously is to build muscle, but that's not the only reason that I would calculate somebody's protein need higher. For example, if I had a client or an athlete that wanted to lose weight, um, I might put their protein intake higher than they need because protein helps to keep you full. Um, but as in general, I find most athletes are consuming enough protein. Um, what they're not doing right all the time is eating it at the right time. So spreading protein intake evenly throughout the course of the day is much more important than trying to just get more protein in the diet. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, I see uh, an athlete the other day that she, 
I saw in the food recall a protein shake. There was two scoops of whey. It was about 50 grams of protein with uh, one cup of milk, and then you had the peanut butter and some chia seeds. Yes. It's getting up to 60 grams a day. And uh, there's been some studies out showing that the body can only digest and absorb a certain amount at each feeding. So I think that's very important to spread it throughout the day. And yeah, absolutely. I, certain demographics of athletes need more. I mean, bodybuilders, if you know, if that's you know, majority of what you're doing is breaking down muscle. You need that amino acids to repair, um, let alone, you know, someone that might be a swimmer or a biker. So, you know, I yeah. think it's important yeah. uh, and the right kind of proteins, the lean proteins is important um, to get throughout the day. Um, no. Yeah, and I think, you know, the other thing, Jim, the, when we look at the research, what, what it's really showing at this point is somewhere between 20 to 30 grams of protein per feeding is the maximum amount that's needed for maximum protein synthesis. So we can, you know, if we eat 60 grams of protein, um, and I stress this to my athletes that are trying to gain weight, if you eat 60 grams of protein at a time, you tend to be full, and that takes away from the intake of other nutrients that are going to help to gain weight. So there's a really important piece of that where if you are need five thousand calories a day because your goal is to increase muscle mass and just gain weight um, and some of that will be fat weight as well then it's really important that you're not filling up your stomach so that you're just never hungry and that piece of it with the protein plays a huge role so you know consuming 60 grams I my athletes sometimes laugh at me because I'll say well you're eating you know nine ounces of meat why don't we take that nine ounces and we'll eat you know four and a half of it at breakfast and then four and a half of it at dinner and they look at me like I'm nuts because I'm you know it's just a, such a small portion but it but but really kind of making those smaller portions throughout the meat throughout the day is much more efficient use of protein and then you're not wasting the intake yes I love that and you know a lot of our athletes we try to work with the highest density highest volume foods with the with, you know um, you know getting in that, those peanut butters getting in the juices and the cereals because you get full fast and I think loading up the protein and vegetables even though vegetables are important you know, for people trying to gain weight for sports, you know, those carbohydrates are ultimately the, the best fuel. So let's talk about the third fuel in, in the pinnacle of macronutrients, which is fat. You know, a lot of people are still afraid to eat fat. And, you know, we definitely need fat for even performance. So let's talk about, you know, what do you recommend as far as percentage of fat a day and what kind of fats? Yeah, so, I mean, fat's definitely a necessary component of the diet. It makes our food taste good, um, provides energy. Um, but I, I would say that this, when I'm calculating and rate making a sports nutrition plan for an athlete, fat is the last nutrient that I, that I determine. And that's because, you know, we need the total calories. We need the carbs for training and energy and for good, um, for energy. We need protein for repair and for remodeling muscle tissue. And then we have kind of fat left. So, Fats are necessary, and they're they're you know they certainly need to be worked in the, the diet. But over consuming fat, if you're trying to lose body fat, can be a, a problem. And but under consuming fat, um, if you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, is an issue because then you're you can be hungry all the time. So you know, I, I, I'm, I tend to be on the side where I feel like. Everybody is over-consuming healthy fats these days. Mm -hmm. I love that, that fats are, don't have such a bad reputation anymore, but I feel like 
there's a lot um, I get a lot of clients that come in that have cut carbohydrates way low and then now they're eating tons of healthy fats which is again nothing wrong with those and they need to be in the diet but not at the expense of carbohydrates which are fueling the workout so it's all that balance Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is necessary. Yeah, and I agree. Now, how about uh, percentages? You know, if we can b- break this down easy, a lot of people are using MyFitnessPal or Lose It app just to you know figure out their calories and their macros. How about some general percentages? You know, should is sixty percent carbohydrates too high? You know, how about as far as protein and, and fat? How just give maybe a general for athletes on what percentages of those macronutrients they should be eating a day. Yeah, I mean, again, I think for uh, for an endurance athlete, I think their carbohydrate content is going to be higher. Um, I, you know, d- depending on their intensity and, and their duration of training. But I think sixty is a general for carbohydrate. Um, you know, protein. It, it it depends on the goal. Again, fat. You know, you want to be around. I would say usually around twenty, twenty five percent, even thirty percent. Usually, if I'm calculating a diet for an athlete that wants to gain weight, they're up towards that thirty percent mark on fat. Um, if somebody's trying to lose body fat, they're on. They might be down by twenty. Um, and protein as well. That depends on the goal. That could be anywhere from, um, you know, fifteen percent tends to be on the low side. I, as a sports dietitian, I don't really calculate protein as percentages i really go by grams per kilogram but i for the most part it turns out to be around 15 um even up to 30 depending on the goal um so you know big difference obviously between a a strength athlete and an endurance athlete who's really because carbohydrates are that fuel source um for that carbohydrate intake absolutely and if you if you if you're listening out there and you're like oh my gosh there's a lot of math you know I definitely recommend hooking up with a registered dietitian to calculate all these for you, um, and you know you can definitely uh, help you to your goals. So we talked about macronutrients. Another vital nutrient that uh, often gets not talked about is is, is water intake, and you know just the two percent dehydration uh, in the body can affect athletic performance. So what's the recommendations for water clear and cut? Uh, you know, with athletes, I know, uh, you know, some studies show that um, football players doing doubles in heat, they can, they can, you know, lose around 10 to 16 pounds of sweat. So, you know, h- how do you recommend refueling water into the diet when it comes to exercising, especially in the summer? Yeah, that's, this is a great topic, Jim. I, I, this, I can't, I can't stress enough. I mean, you, you start to get dehydrated and performance is, is really compromised. So definitely the most vital nutrient. Um, you know, the, the, in general, you know, if we look at the DRIs for water, we have 2.7 liters for um, females and, and 3.7 for males, and that includes food intake. But I, I use that with athletes because I say, the first and foremost, you start any activity well hydrated. So you're getting up in the morning and you're drinking water right away as part of your daily routine not only are you going to feel better you know it helps to energize you but it it starts you to make sure that you get that hydration throughout the day and then there needs to be just regular intervals of water Um, the biggest mistake I see athletes make is they don't hydrate and then right before they hit the gym they take a bottle of water and they start drinking and that's great that you take the water to the gym with you but that water needs to be all day long. So absolutely, I, I think that that's so important, and a lot of people, 
you know, aren't, aren't following those recommendations. So as far as, um, how about before, during, and after work? Is there any guidelines with how much to do, um, you know, general for the athlete? Yeah, I mean, you know, the textbook recommendation is based on the, the amount of water that our gut can absorb quickly. Now, the more you drink, the more you, you know, I mean, you, you want to, drinking more is going to increase your, your um, or reduce your risk of dehydration. But we also don't want to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of our, of our workout. So for the most part, um, if you're drinking between like three to eight ounces every 20 minutes, mm-hmm. that, um, or, or, you know, even a little four to eight ounces or four to 12 ounces, that is the amount that we really recommend for, um, you know, using the fluid appropriately uh, and staying hydrated. So in general, a gulp, one gulp of fluid is about one ounce. So I'm generally recommending that during that workout, you're taking every 15 minutes, you're taking like six gulps of fluid um, and making sure or, or, you know, even more um, depending on the activity that you're doing. And that way you, you know, you make sure that you're getting it throughout the workout. I love that approach that the, the six gulps throughout, you know, do, do the workout every 15 minutes. I think that's going to definitely get people hydrated. Now, a lot of people are gulping these sports drinks. You know, it's, it's funny. I'll see some people in the gym do 30 minutes of elliptical and drink a whole 16-ounce Gatorade. And I always say it's like a hamster on a wheel, especially trying to lose weight because you're, you're burning the calories and you're taking in the, the sugar. So what are the guidelines when sports drinks uh, can be beneficial and can they replace water? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, this is a big topic, too. So, you know, the important thing is sports drinks have a purpose, and that purpose is to provide some energy in the form of carbohydrate, replace electrolytes that might be lost in sweat, and act as a fluid source. So there's those three things um, are, are necessary for um, longer-distance activities. You're going to lose sweat. You're going to lose carbs. You're going to lose fluid, and now the sports drink is replacing them. If you're exercising for under 45 minutes, water is generally just enough. It's fine. Um, if you're exercising over that amount, especially if you're in heat or you're out in, you know, you're playing a sport that you have a lot of heavy equipment on, then a sports drink is going to probably be um, what's recommended because you're having that, you know, that higher sweating. But I agree with you. I mean, you definitely don't need a sports drink. Um, well, while you're sitting on the couch or walking around shopping, um, there's a purpose for it, and that purpose is to replenish those those carbohydrates, fluid, and sweat. Absolutely, I know the coconut water is all the rage. A lot of people are drinking them just to drink them, and you know, again, it's it's whatever yeah. your goal is. If your goal yeah. is to hydrate and you don't care about the extra calories, so you know, it's a great way to do it. But um, yeah. there is a place you know, for that. I, I do have some athletes that. Even if they're doing a, a shorter training session, I do have them drink the sports drink because their goal is to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So that would be one one um, example of really looking at the goal and saying, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna create my sports nutrition plan based on my own specific goal, and because I'm looking for any opportunity to add some extra calories um, into the into the day because they you know they need so many. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm here with Heather Mangier. We're talking about sports nutrition for your athletes and especially you exercise goers that want to get the edge, want to have the most energy, want to get the most protein in to build muscle. And uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, 
they're they're running around. They they you know, can't get in chicken, and they can't you know they're they're busy. What are some good portable food choices to bring? Whether it's the practices for young athletes, or if you're on the go in the car, that can not only provide protein but also provide carbohydrates for energy. Yes, this is my this is my go-to. I work with high schoolers, so I'm, I'm, they're going from school straight to practice, and then they're not getting home until late at night. So this is kind of um, this is such an important topic because you can put the perfect plan into place, but if you don't actually have the ability to to eat the food or get the food, then it falls to pieces. So the n- number one is I think it's essential that all athletes have a mini cooler and ice packs as part of their equipment. Um, I mean, not having that is not an option. You really need to make sure that you have the ability to transport food with you. So things that are really easy, um, well, I mean, you know, milk and chocolate milk and Greek yogurt and regular yogurt are, are obvious options. But when you get, you know, when you eat too many of those and you get tired of them, I try to get athletes to see that it really is about taking what you would have for a meal and creating a smaller portion. So a half a turkey sandwich and an orange is very easy to eat. It's it's that great combination of carbs and protein, um, fruited yogurt, a little nuts, some dried fruit, cereal and milk. Um, you know, some of the granola bars work out really well. If you have a granola bar with milk, you get that nice combination of carbs and protein. Um, so it's really about making sure that you're prepared ahead of time and that anything, any type of, you know, sandwich or things that you would have can be transported with you if you have the right equipment to transport them in. Yeah, that's so, that's so key. And in talking about timing, let's talk about a little bit about nutrition timing. This is always a hot topic on, you know, uh, let's start off with pre-workout. Um, you, what, is, what is a good snack 30 to 45 minutes before your exercise and then maybe a couple hours before? Yeah, so, you know, if you have three to four hours before training or competition or practice, then eating a, a regular balanced meal, as long as it's not too high in fat, is is what would be recommended. So you're really looking at, a, a, you know, a very balanced breakfast, for example, or, or lunch or whatever it is. But three to four hours is enough time for us to eat the food, digest the food, absorb it, and then metabolize an entire healthy meal. So as you reduce the time before you exercise, you need to reduce the, um, the amount of food. And then as we get even closer to the, to the exercise, you're going to start messing around or kind of adjusting the, the macronutrients. Hmm. So again, three to four hours before training or competition, a very balanced you know, meal, um, breakfast, you know, cereal, milk, piece of ham, or you know, an omelet with some toast. Um, one to two hours before training or competition, again, you're getting closer, so you need to cut down that portion size. You can still have that combination, but you want to cut the, the portion. And then as you get, if you only have you know, 30, 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you're, that's where you're really changing that, making sure that you change that macronutrient, um, the, the composition of that meal. So you're really focusing on easily digesting carbohydrates um, such as fruits um, even you know a piece of toast with some peanut butter or um, you know rice cakes the same types of things that you would have uh, you know during you wouldn't eat anything that you couldn't that's going to stick in your stomach Um, that that would be 
where you really make sure that you limit fiber because it stays in the stomach for a long time. You limit fat because it takes longer to digest because the closer you get, you want to be able to use those foods. So good examples, rice cakes, um, a handful of pretzels, an orange, um, some dried fruit, a banana. Yeah, I love that you said fiber too, because we're taught, of course, fiber is great. We need around 25 grams to 30 for women, around 35 to 38 for men. And, you know, there's a lot of people with GI distress out there. And, you know, another good tip is to always just look at your personal response. If you, if you try some different types of food and it doesn't work um, intuitively, then, you know, maybe try some other ones with lower fiber and, and find that perfect thing. I know myself, before all of my races, the only... Um, the only uh, you know, protein bar that, that I work with is, uh, is the Cliff Bar. It just has high um, carbohydrates, and I tend to get low uh, GI distress with it. So I can eat that right before I run. So you have to find yeah. the snack that is good for you in those times. Yeah. Um, now, after, post-workout, you know, everyone says, you, you got an hour window, you have to eat, or uh, all your work is going to go get wasted. So, you know, is, is that true as far as timing? And you always hear about the four-to-one ratio, you know, four to grams of carbohydrates to one gram of protein. What's your take on that for post-workout nutrition? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to remember recovery nutrition is, is, is critical for an athlete that has, that's really wants to replenish the muscle quickly. So I think there's some, mis, there's a lot of misinformation about that recovery. If, you know, the purpose is insulin um, response is very high after exercise. And if you consume carbohydrates, your, your body is, your muscles are more reactive. So they're getting that carbohydrate back into the muscle faster. Um, I see so many athletes that are just consuming protein um, as if the, the muscle, the protein starts to, you know, rebuild the muscle immediately. And, and that's really not necessarily the case. The, the, the recommendations um, right now would be to make sure that you're getting a, a decent carbohydrate source. Four to one is, is you know, that, that can be a good rule of thumb. For protein, it's generally around 15 to 20 grams that we recommend. Um, you don't want to be doing more than that if it's going to displace your carbohydrate content. So I think the, the take-home message there is that you, you want to recover with something that's very balanced, um, but remember that recovery means that you're getting carbohydrate back into the muscle quickly. Um, and so again, that depends on your goal. If you only ran 30 minutes, um, is it really that necessary for you to fill up that muscle right away? Because did you really deplete it? And the answer is usually no, unless you are sprinting. Um, but if you're doing exhaustive exercise, it's really important to get that recovery meal right away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these, these are some great tips. And uh, I think that everyone listening can definitely benefit from improving their nutrition for their sport. Heather, do you have any last-minute tips to give um, uh, to really get people to that next level with nutrition and fitness? Um, I think, you know, take-home major point is think about you as an individual and think about your individual goal. I feel like that gets forgotten so much. Don't compare yourself to your neighbor or what your, the athlete next to you is doing because that athlete might have a different goal than you. So really pay attention to your goal, build your plan around your goal, and remember that whatever you eat is to support your training. So if you're not training, you 
necessarily need increased nutrition. If you have a really significant training plan, then your nutrition and your sports nutrition plan needs to be optimized better. Great advice. We're here with Heather Mangieri. Now, how could here people uh, find out more about you? And I know you recently wrote a book. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So my, my book is um, Fueling Young Athletes. Again, I specialize in um, not just sports nutrition, but that, that high school athlete, that adolescent development. And there's a, there's a big difference between how you fuel pre-puberty versus post-puberty. Um, the purpose is really to help coaches and parents and, and athletes themselves um, and trainers to understand you know, when you should be um, adjusting the nutrition plan for growth and development, but also the importance of that baseline diet. Because if you're not getting proper nutrition for growth and development and for you know, day-to-day preventing fatigue, then optimizing above and beyond that isn't going to do you much good. Um, and then it gets into very um, specifically how to you know, I, I literally try to walk the reader through how to create their own sports nutrition plan based on their own goal, gender, sport, position, etc., and um, and use it as kind of a guide and, and like a workbook so that they don't, you know, for those people that can't necessarily afford to go uh, meet with a dietitian one-on-one. Absolutely. And how can they find you online? So my website, nutritioncheckup.com, that's the name of my practice. Um, you can check out there. The um, the Healing Athletes is sold at all the major retailers um, as well. So Well, we're definitely going to have a part two. There's so many things we, we still uh, got to cover, such as overtraining, recovery, intermittent fasting, which is such a hot topic, beetroot yeah. juice, caffeine and performance. So we're going to have a part two. Thank you, Heather, for coming on the show. And for all you listeners out there, thank you for listening to the Really Truly Fit podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation. To hear more episodes, please visit jimwhitefit.com. Until next time, it's up to you to live really, truly fit.